Thank you for listening to Temporary Circumstances. I'm your host, Alina Sowers, a licensed professional counselor in Ohio. And I'm your co-host, Cora Mayfield, also a licensed professional counselor in Ohio. In this podcast, we will discuss many uncommon topics on all matters mental health. The views and opinions expressed here do not reflect the agencies that we work for. Today, we're going to talk about family and couples therapy. So the first thing to keep in mind about couples and family therapy is that there are therapists out there whose degree is in marriage and family therapy, and then there are therapists out there whose degree is just in clinical mental health counseling. So Cora and I, we both have a degree in mental health counseling, so we're not technically marriage and family therapists. And there is a little bit of a difference in that education that you get throughout your master's, depending on which one you do. In addition to that, at least in the state of Ohio, it may be different in other states, but in Ohio, the licensure is different. Olena and I are licensed counselors, but there are licensed marriage and family therapists. And that doesn't mean that a licensed marriage and family therapist couldn't do individual therapy or that a licensed counselor couldn't do marriage and family therapy. It just means that there's a different way of seeing the picture. Absolutely. Yeah. So there are uh, some obvious differences between individual and then couples and family therapy. A big one is just really the main focus of the session. So in individual therapy, you have your one client who's kind of the main focus. And so you focus on them and their issues and concerns and you try to improve their outcomes. When it comes to couples and family therapy, the family unit is the client. And so typically, we more so look at how the system, the family system where the couple interacts rather than individual issues. I think that sometimes when we come to individual therapy, there's a person who is identified as the person who is sick. And in couples and family, while Sometimes the family has a belief about who the sick person is and who the problem person is. We're really focusing on the system itself and how the family interacts with each other rather than one individual who has problems and how do we manage those problems and how do we manage our own lives around them. Absolutely. Yeah. So the way that I see it or the way that I even sometimes explain it to others is that When we're doing couples and family therapy, the therapist almost becomes like a translator or an interpreter who helps the members of the family unit better communicate and understand each other. And one of the ways that I've heard the role of the therapist um, explained is that the therapist in individual counseling is following the direction that, that the client is going. So a lot of times we're working in a reactionary sort of way in couples and marriage. um, I'm sorry, in couples and family therapy, a lot of times what we're doing is we have a plan about the topics or the things we're going to talk about. And except for in cases when there's a crisis and we need to manage that crisis itself, there are certain skills that we're working on and we are working to take control of the room more than allowing control to be to the client so that all members of the family are heard and get to practice these skills and get get an understanding. 
Right. And and a lot of times those skills that we would focus on are things like communication, conflict resolution, um, just trying to improve, again, how the family interacts with each other. In addition to that, I think we, we talk a lot of times about boundaries and what what's a healthy boundary and how do we enforce those boundaries? How do we understand each other's boundaries? And, and again, back to the communication, how are those boundaries communicated? Now, it is also common sometimes for individuals to bring someone else into their session just to sit in with them for support. And this is different from couples or family therapy as well. This is not the same thing. Um, In this situation, the individual is still the focus, but the other person is just there to bring a sense of comfort. Sometimes that person's also brought in as a different perspective as to some of the behaviors that are problematic for the client themselves. But the difference between family and an individual with somebody coming in is that the person coming in has to bring something important to the individual therapy, whether that is support and comfort or it's a better understanding. So if they're just there to quote unquote observe, that's not really appropriate. Or if there's any sort of negativity being thrown at the client, that's not appropriate either. And a lot of times a therapist will ask them to leave. I've done it before. It's really uncomfortable, but it has to be something that moves towards the individual goals. With the family, if somebody's throwing shade, then we start looking at what that shade's about rather than just excusing them from the room. So it is also uh, relatively common for marriage and family therapists to see each member of the couple or the family at least once, um, or they may see them throughout that couple or family treatment as well. It depends on the family's needs and whether or not the therapist feels like they're getting the full picture. Yeah. And what Alina is meaning by they see each one at least once is individually separate from the rest of the family. And it is about seeing the full picture and making sure everyone is being heard. But those individual sessions aren't about individual mental health issues, individual diagnoses or individual problems. They're all towards reaching the established family goals that were established in those initial family sessions. So according to the American Association for Marriage and Family Therapy, research studies have repeatedly shown that marriage and family therapy is effective in treating a full range of mental and emotional disorders. That includes adolescent drug abuse, depression, obesity, and dementia, as well as that marital distress and conflict that we spoke about earlier. Marriage and family therapists sometimes practice short-term therapy, so that is about 12 sessions on average. I think a lot of times that those short-term therapies are going to be for some solution-focused therapy. If there's a particular problem we're trying to solve, um, if if the family has already identified the problem, it can be a very short-term amount of therapy to help solve it, but that's not always the case for every family. Right, right, absolutely. And sometimes families come in with a number of concerns or things that are on their minds too. And so, of course, that might take a little bit longer than someone who just comes with maybe one particular issue. 
So nearly 65% of the cases are completed within 20 sessions and about 88% within 50 sessions. A 2013 article in Social and Behavioral Sciences showed that family therapy has significant influence on solving marital problems, especially communication problems between the couple. I think that we could get into kind of go down a rabbit hole on the different types of marriage and family therapies and and different types of couples therapies. And that's not really the intention of this episode. It's just really to give an overview of some of the things that are available and some of the things that marriage and family therapy can treat. But I think from a systemic perspective that anyone who is in therapy individually, I won't say anyone, Many people who are in therapy individually can also benefit from some couples or some family therapy to sort of get that systemic healing as well and help the family learn what is the dynamic going to be like when this person who's identified as sick becomes healthy. Thanks for listening to Temporary Circumstances. Find us on Instagram and leave us a review wherever you found us.